Thanks for listening to another podcast from C3 East Village. Our hope is that this message will equip and inspire you in your walk with God. For more information about our church, check out our website at c3ev.ca or find us on Instagram at C3 East Village. Hey guys, this is Phoenix. I edit and upload the podcasts at church. And due to some technical difficulties this week, we are actually using the podcast from the C3 East Village location. It's the same message, just at a different time of the day. So we hope you understand, and we'll see you next week again for the podcast. Thanks. Um, When we were trying to get some zoning for our first church building um, up in in, um, Patterson Heights, there was a land development um, meeting with the city planner there, and a bunch of people were deciding, the community was going to decide whether we could um, have a zone it as a church, because it was a house that we renovated into a church. And um, they said, um, <clears throat> a lot of people said, we don't, don't think we want a church. And uh, so I stood up and I said, no, no, you do want a church. And they said, why? I said, because your crime rate will go down if you let us in. Well, the place went silent. And I said, what do you think we're doing? We're bringing light into a community where there's only darkness right now. You think that something's not going to change? So we're here to bring the crime rate down. Is everybody okay with that? Well, the place went silent. We got our building permit and we proceeded. It's just a simple thing. But you're bringing light to East Village. That's what you're doing here. You're not, you think you're just singing. But there's, an, there's something's taking place and transacting in the spirit world. And there's people who are spiritually attracted here and people who are spiritually repelled from here because the presence of God is released somehow he inhabits the praises of his people I don't know how it works it just works so it's so great that you're here look at you all some of you are even in the morning service and you're going to get kind of the same message just with a a little hot sauce on it for for you bunch so anyway this is really special thank you for letting me come and um, it's so great to be able to share with you Yesterday was Sunday in, in uh, Tasmania, and your pastor preached at C3 Devonport yesterday morning, and I heard it was outstanding. That's why, that was the word in the street. And so, so that's, that's really, really great. We, this last um, year, we've had a decline in, in income at uh, the church, a bit of the uh, reflection of our, it's taking place in the economy in town, and we've um, had to cut all training budgets and all... Um, uh, conference budgets, and uh, your pastors, Britt and Steve, have made a decision they're going to go to Australia. There's about a $10,000 deal out of their pockets, and uh, I heard last week that there were some people here that helped to give towards that. I just want to say that that, that at little exercise uh, will be incredibly beneficial for you. So they're not going to come back with a new sermon. They're going to come back enlarged in heart. Uh, this was a very specific invitation by our apostolic leader to them. And so you're sending them, you're sowing into the future of your church, this location. And, uh, and I just, I'm so thankful for, I, I heard of your generosity and I was really impressed with that. And uh, they're still learning how to receive well, but <laughs> they'll have to just get over them good selves and get on with it. So anyway, and I just think, I just love coming here. And I just want to thank you again for allowing us to be with you. And um, Pastor Kelly and myself are just find it such a treat because we feel like we lose about 15 years off our life just hanging around all you young people. <laughs> it's really good for us. Um, I'm going to share something that if you can get this, 
it has the potential of absolutely revolutionizing your life. <clears throat> and, uh, oh, it's good to have Nathan here too. Thomas from C3 No Limits, part of the family out there. <laughs> Excellent. Everybody is so happy you're here. All right. So I'm going to get on to my thing, and, uh, and I'm not going to run too late. Um, uh, I won't run late at all. I'll just run. I'll be right on time. Last week we were in Revelstoke, that C3 Revelstoke, and uh, just loved our, um, our time hanging out there. And um, <clears throat> as we were driving there, um, we had, um, there's always a little bit of construction going over the mountains. And as we were driving to Revelstoke, there was a, um, there was four, at least four big flashing signs that said, <clears throat> obey the signs. And I thought this seems like a rather strange use of electricity. <laughs> they already have the signs, right? Speed limit signs and constructions. I already got signs, but then they needed a sign to tell you to obey the sign. It, it, it seemed somewhat redundant to me. <clears throat> and so I was thinking about it as I'm traveling along and getting a little bit annoyed, but obeying the signs, of course, and obeying most of the signs, because um, Kel went to sleep for a bit, and I, speed, I, speed, I speeded for a while. But uh, <clears throat> it's just such an interesting idea that why wouldn't we, as humans, obey the signs? <laughs> right? It's, it's the, it's the, why wouldn't we obey the signs? Well, <clears throat> because we have a choice. One of the most sacred things about you and I is we have choice. And when anybody, because Christ came as a liberator, not a, an oppressor, an oppressor will take your choice away. But Jesus came as a liberator to give your choice back. So you've got this great uh, endowment of, of personal choice now that you get to use. And uh, you can decide whether you obey or not obey. Don't you love Melissa Casey? Oh, man. I love you, Melissa, that beautiful heart. Look at that. Um, but she just wants to obey. What a beautiful thing. But, you know, just wanting to obey and actually following through, they're two different energy sources. And um, so I just want to talk about this whole thing about, about tonight. And, I'm, and I'm, I've been working through a very specific um, theological uh, um, thought process and, um, and I'm just going to experiment just a little bit on you and not be too heretical, um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push the boundary a bit uh, specifically because I need to uh, declare the word of the Lord to you tonight that I think we're entering into a time as the Church of Jesus Christ, the Church of Calgary, the Church of Canada, not a, a specific location, but the church in general, as we move into our, these last days. Uh, we've been told uh, a different, few different times through the Gospels that, that the Lord, one of the, one of the precursors of the Lord's return was the Gospel of the Kingdom would be preached. The, not the Gospel of Salvation, the Gospel of the Kingdom. And so for many in the church, we've actually made a great uh, uh, effort at declaring the Gospel of Salvation or the Gospel of Redemption, that souls can be saved. Isn't that an incredible message. Uh, maybe we've overemphasized that at the cost of not preaching the kingdom of God. And so I want to just tread on a few toes as we consider tonight the kingdom question. What exactly is the kingdom of God? And, um, and I'm, I was most intrigued by uh, 1 Timothy, sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 2 this week, where verse 1 it says, this is a letter from Paul 
you know, one of his most emotional, First and Second Timothy's, and Second Timothy even more emotional because Timothy knows he's about to be executed. And he, it's like, he's like he's reflecting back and he's referring to his spiritual son. He calls him my dear son, Timothy. And, um, and he says, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by God's will, sent, to, uh, sent out to tell others about the life he's promised through faith in Jesus Christ. You're, he's referring to a whole life, a great life, not a moment of transaction with the Holy Spirit, but a life, a whole life. Jesus came that you could have a great life, not a moment, but a life. And so then he says, towards uh, in the second chapter, he says that uh, follow the Lord's rules for doing his work. And I thought to myself, whenever I read this, you know, I think, hey, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. We're, we're about relationship, not rules, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there's also some principles and protocols, and he, he uses the term, uh, follow the Lord's rules for doing his work. So there's ways of doing the work, not just our own way. And he said the reason for that is just like an athlete either follows the rules or is disqualified and wins no prize. The thing about following Christ, there's actually certain ways to go about doing that so that you're, A, not disqualified, and B, you might win a prize. Are we in it for a reward? Heck yeah. <laughs> are you kidding? We totally are. Don't, don't be too super spiritual and don't think that you're not waiting for the prize. <laughs> We're all waiting for the prize. Um, so I just think that's interesting to me that there's certain principles or certain rules that we're to live by. So, so as we look at this, the kingdom of God thing, because I'd never heard a sermon of this before. I've been in the church since 1981, August the 30th. I've never heard a sermon on the kingdom of God. Heard lots of sermons on the gospel. Heard lots of sermons. I've even, and preached series myself on heaven, but not about the kingdom. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tread softly on this and have you turn to Matthew chapter 6 where I already am if you have your Bibles turn to Matthew chapter 6 if you have your devices turn to Matthew chapter 6 if you have neither turn your eyes towards the screen it'll be up on the screen in a nanosecond here and and for some of you you probably have heard this and you may even have memorized this my question is uh, are you obeying this he says Seek first, the NIV says, seek first, which one? Yeah, NIV. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, the whole previous part of the chapter, will be added or given unto you as well. That's interesting. He doesn't say, he doesn't say, he doesn't say here, seek Jesus. Obviously, he's part of the kingdom. <laughs> he's the king. <laughs> but he says, seek, seek the kingdom. And these other things will be added to you. My question is, how are you doing with that this tonight? in terms of seeking the, the, the kingdom and his righteousness, the, as things should be. That's what righteousness means, the way things are meant to be. Seek first the kingdom, and then these other things will be added to you. These other things that you are interested in, um, things like a decent, a decent uh, clothes, and what, what, what does he refer to? Um, food and clothes and drink and on and on. He says, all these things, he said, if you'll, if you'll do this, I'm going to read from the NLT, and he'll give you, pardon me, all that you need from day to day if you'll live for him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. He's referring to priorities in your life and prioritizing the kingdom of God. What's the kingdom of God? I'm glad you've asked. And, and then verse 34 says, and don't worry about tomorrow. Why? Because if you're seeking the kingdom, 
you'll have no anxiety about tomorrow. You'll have no fear about tomorrow. You'll have um, no anticipation about a negative thing taking place tomorrow. It says that don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has its own worries. Just, today's got enough. Tomorrow you're going to get some more, but it's okay. Because he says, I'm going to make sure that you're looked after. It's a wonderful promise. Psalmist said, taste and see that the Lord is good. If you, have not, if you have not had an experience of his goodness, you won't know that he's good, really. If you've heard that he's good, but have not had an experience of his goodness, you'll just hear that, oh, somebody says he's good, or I think I've read someplace that he's good. Yeah, that's not, that's not enough. The psalmist said, taste and see, and I, actually, which means uh, get a fresh, another perspective, be able to see his goodness. Being able, this is one of the, these are the, this is stuff that sustains us in life. An experience of his goodness. Maybe you've heard he's good, but your experience has not been good yet. Or maybe you had an experience of his goodness, but didn't, haven't declared that. And it, has, and, and it hasn't become part of your expectation. Ah, oh, he, he, he was good to me that once. Ah, oh, he's going to be good to me again. Ah, oh, you know what? He's going to be good consistently to me. It becomes a default for us. I'll move a little faster if I either get a nod or an amen. I'm not hearing you out there. I'm, just, I'm talking about a fairly interesting topic here tonight, and I, I, I'll bet you're going to show some interest shortly. Um, so what is the kingdom? What is the kingdom of God? Could it, could, so, so here's what happens um, when we read Scripture, because reading Scripture is not that hard to do. I do it every day. It's not that big of a deal. And actually studying Scripture is not that hard. And as you study, you'll find as you read the Bible, you'll actually overlay your personal interpretation on that. Have you noticed that? <clears throat> you'll begin to read it and you go, oh, I know what that means. Here's a problem. Fundamentally, that's a little problem. A little problem. I mean, it's not a huge problem, but it's a little problem. And, and I'll, let me explain the problem in just a second. Uh, because hearing and obeying and, under, sorry, and understanding are, are one category in itself. Obeying is a whole other category. So that you know to do a certain thing, but then to do it is a whole nother energy source required. To, to, to see the sign is one thing. And then to see the sign that says obey the sign, and then ultimately obey, it's, a whole, it's another thing. All right, so um, this, this last week, uh, same stories this morning. Those of you who heard it, just want, 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 want. But my son returned my car. He, he borrowed my car this week. But he, he, he took my car and then told me he borrowed it. Um, and returned it with a full tank of gas. And he said, and I went, we were over there for dinner, and I said, thanks for filling it up with the carp with gas. And he said, well, that's what you taught us as kids, that you return things better than you got, found them. And I said, yeah, but I, but I mean, but the striking thing is you actually obeyed that. That it actually becomes now, and I didn't even have to tell him to do it. <laughs> I'm just kind of confused. Um, we, are, we are so occupied about, about making sure that our planet is so... What kind of a planet are we leaving our kids? No, what kind of kids are we leaving to the planet? That's the bigger story for me. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> come on. Let me get on with this. I want to talk about the Word of God, the Logos of God. The Logos of God. Jesus was the Logos of God. Three words, Greek words, for, for word in the New Testament. Graphe, the written word. Logos, a way of thinking, the logic... Uh, the go godly logic, and then the rhema. What you're hearing right now is a spoken word. That's the rhema. 
The logos was the way of thinking. The, uh, in other words, he taught and modeled how he, he, he taught and modeled how we're to think about ourselves, how we're to think about others, and how we're to think about God. So that, that's, that's what he, he did. And so for, for, for you and I, that you and I, he, because Jesus was the embodiment of godly logic, you and I now are meant to take on his way of thinking. So I'm glad as you read the scriptures, you interpret it. Then, but what you may have to do is set aside your current interpretation for an ultimate interpretation because the, living, the word is living and he may want to be saying something very fresh to you. So we have to, we have to read it with an open heart and let him write on our hearts his truth to transform our lives. Seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. I want to talk to you about the two different kingdoms. There's, because because they're, they're primarily they're, uh, there's a conflict at who gets to sit on the throne of your life. Who is the ultimate voice, the final voice in deciding what you do, what you think, what you say? Who the, who's the, has the final authority? And this is, this is coming down to now kingdom. That's what it's coming down to. My, is it thy kingdom come or my kingdom come? Because this, this, is, this is an internal decision and an internal choice that you and I make moment by moment. T tonight you made a decision to come. Good. During the worship you made a decision whether you're going to engage or not. Good. As the, as the, the preacher is ranting away, you're going to decide whether, oh, is that okay? Or, gosh, your shoes are a little bit orange, aren't they? Or, I don't know what you're thinking about. But we get, how, get to make a decision now if we're going to take on board the things that I believe the Word is trying to say to you to give you this great life that He's promised us. All right, okay. So, so, so when we're to pray, says to pray, thy kingdom come and thy will be done. Here's, here is the, the, the summary of those statements. You want to know what the will of God is? The will, his, you know what his will is? It's that his kingdom comes. When his kingdom comes, his will is going to be done. Man, I'm spitting. When his kingdom comes, his will is being done. Question is, is his kingdom coming in your current lifestyle right now? Because if so, then you're accomplishing his will on the earth right now. Moment by moment, decision by decision. Okay. So here's the, the heretical hermeneutic that has taken place in my life for the last almost 40 years is I thought that the kingdom and heaven were synonymous. I thought that the kingdom of God and or the kingdom of heaven was speaking of eternity and the place that will ultimately be forever as followers of Christ. When you look through the New Testament, you'll find they're vastly different. He, he's not referring to the body of Christ, this is what happened. When you gave your life to Christ, you became part of the body of Christ. Kingdom still hasn't come. You've just got up to the door and had access to kingdom dynamics. I'm not sure whether you're living them yet or not because there's rules to live by that will ensure an abundant life or not. It's our choice. So I began to realize that kingdom and heaven were not synonymous. I'm not talking about heaven and hell now. I'm talking about those good people that are sitting here right now who believe that you love Jesus and one moment you had a transaction that took place in your heart where you invited the King of Kings to come into your life. He vectored his spirit, poured it right into you and you were translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light like that. 
You did, you, there was no requirement for you to change anything. None. Just accept and acknowledge that you needed help. That's all it is. That's all that was. Now, the question is, is he going to be Lord of your life? And is he going to be able to dictate the decisions and the choices that you make in your life or not? Because that's going to determine whether the kingdom has come or not in your life. All right, so here's, here's the, the second point. I got a little sticky thing there. Here's a key to the kingdom. Matthew chapter 4. Jesus came, he says in verse 23, Jesus traveled through the Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching everywhere the good news of the kingdom. What was the message of Jesus? The kingdom. That it now, and, and John would say previously in chapter 3, he would come and he'd say, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Didn't say Jesus was here. He just said a brand new realm and a, and a new, a supernatural dimension is accessible and available to all those who are interested. You get to choose whether you function in that or not. It's your choice. And so he says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The term repent means to change the way that you think. If you are willing to change the way of, that you think, the kingdom of God is accessible to you moment by moment, day by day, any place, anywhere, anytime, any gender, any, any, any ethnicity, it's available to you. He calls it the good news of the kingdom because this is good news. All right. So the kingdom of God is an invisible realm that is at hand. He says it's at hand. That, mean, that, that means it's near. It, it could mean that it has come. The question is, are you going to embrace it and are you going to walk in it and are you going to be part of that? Um, one of the things that Melissa shared about tonight is, what are you going to do with your finances? Are, are you going to be a kingdom-minded person? Because there's a way for you to I get, make money, get a job, you'll make money. How are you going to do with what you've got? What are you going to do with it? Is Jesus going to be first in that? Because he says, if you're willing to step into my, by faith, into my kingdom dynamic of sowing, then I can promise you this, you will reap. It's phenomenal. Have you noticed that, you, that whatever you sow grows? Have you noticed that? And if you don't grow, if you don't sow, something grows as well. <clears throat> Weeds. All right. So, not necessarily that great of a point, but nevertheless, it's within me. The point I'm saying is that the kingdom of God is accessible to each one of us. Uh, here's what took place. When Jesus came the first time, and um, he came the first time, but he didn't come in a way that they liked. He came in a different manner. <clears throat> they were waiting for someone to release them from the oppression of, of the Roman Empire. And they'd studied, all the rabbis and Sadducees, of course, to be a rabbi, you need to memorize the first five books of the Bible. So they, and they, they knew that, uh, that Messiah was going to come. But he, he didn't show up in the way that they planned. Because they had a way, in their minds, they had a thought process, they had a logos, a way of thinking, that was going to determine whether they were going to experience him or not. And the result was they never experienced him. In fact, they rejected him and they crucified him because he didn't come through the way that they wanted him to come through. Could that be true again today? That if, unless he comes through in the way that our, our predetermined idea, unless he comes through that way for me, 
unless the deity actually performs at my command, then I maybe I'm not going to be happy about that. Anybody have that ever? Well, he didn't. Yeah, but he didn't come through. Oh, simmer down. Maybe he came through a different way that you didn't even notice. You need to taste and see. Maybe you need to look at that a little different way. <laughs> One thing I know of the Lord, over and over and over and over, he's faithful. Do you know him as, as being faithful? Do you know him as being kind? Do you know him as being generous? You've got those experiences still ahead. So he came the first time, and he didn't come the way they wanted to. Why? Because they needed to repent. They, needed, they were thinking this way. He's going to come, and he's going to come, and he's going to take over with power. But he came a different way. He came as a servant. The kingdom was stealth. <laughs> they said, oh, he's going to come externally, isn't he? No, no, he's going to come internally. For, and for everyone, it says, he, because, because here's what he did. For all those that received him, he gave the right or the privilege to become sons and daughters of God. It was their choice. But, not, but they didn't receive him. Many, his people that came to his own, his own received him not. He came and they didn't receive him. When you invited Christ into your life, that wasn't a get out of jail free card and it wasn't fire insurance from hell. It was an invitation into a family. And now you get to decide, am I going to go obey the family rules? And I'm going to fit into the family culture. This is, is, I'm not talking now about salvation. I'm talking about a great life. That's, that's based on kingdom principles. So here's what's going to happen. Christ is going to come again. Did you know? I can't wait. <clears throat> he's coming again. And this time he's going to come, and it will be external. He came at first. He came like the lamb. He's coming again as the lion. Don't you know? He's going to come again. There's going to be a shout. There's going to be a trumpet blast like the shofar. And he's going to come, and he's going to walk, come through the gate called Beautiful in Jerusalem. And he's going to sit on King David's throne, and he's going to reign and rule, and he's going to show us how to run a world. That's going to happen. Are you ready? Because it's happening. But, don't, but listen, there's going to be another coming. I'm here tonight to preach about the third coming, too. Kelly goes, oh, gosh, Lord. But there's an ultimate kingdom that's going to come later. Because he's went to prepare a place for you. And when he comes a second time, for those thousand years where he'll rule and reign on the earth, he's going to come back to this earth. He's going to be here for a thousand years. And, but then he's going to come again. And he, that's, this time he's going to come with the new Jerusalem. And that's going to come. It's a three-dimensional space. And we're not sure how it's going to be. But when he comes that time, his kingdom now will be established. The one that he dreamed of before time and the one he's tried to reign during this time in, and the one he's going to ultimately reign in forever. Why? Because he is the king of all kings. And when he comes again, all the kingdoms are going to become the kingdoms of his Christ. This is Revelation chapter 4. This, this, is, this is such a, an exciting time that we live in. And um, I've got four and a half minutes left, but she says seven, but I, I need to pray. So four and a half, I'm calculating all this. The eternal... The last point, the kingdom is hidden in plain sight. Hidden in plain sight. Do you know that, that you can be presented with a great truth and refuse a great truth? It's highly possible for you to be presented with a great truth and you not have 
uh, uh, the, the either intellectual or spiritual or emotional IQ to be able to receive it when it comes. <laughs> I, um, I personally don't believe that um, Jesus would be on a keto diet, not personally, him being the bread of life and all. <clears throat> but if you talk to somebody, if you're here, I'm not, I have zero judgment on anybody who's eating a certain way. Have fun. I don't, doesn't matter. But, but, uh, but, but many times people have such deep beliefs in, no, 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 this is the way it is. And I go, yeah, well, okay. We'll see. But, uh, I was come from four generations of farmers. When we came to town and I was having digestion issues, I went to a naturopath and she said, you're going to have to cut all dairy and all bread out of your diet. And I said, well, what, like, what the world for? I'll die. <laughs> well, about with a second. Then she said, and caffeine. I said, well, I'm going to die for sure. <clears throat> I said, you got to be kidding because there's nothing healthier than bread and milk. <laughs> and butter. <laughs> and double butter. <laughs> Am I, are you kidding? In my mind, but so firmly entrenched that there's nothing wrong with milk. Drink milk. Drink lots of milk. I was raised on thick, heavy cream that we would spoon, we would spoon out of a big jar. Like, honestly, it was, it was like you would, we never, had, we never had yogurt, but our cream was like yogurt. We had Jersey cows, and it was, and it was thick. And, you, and then you'd smear it over your toast, over your bread, naturally. And then you'd sprinkle white sugar on top of it. This is, this is an entire, this is the best diet ever. I'm still advocating for that. I'm not sure. We'll call it the farmer diet or something. I don't know. But try to tell somebody who's, who's convinced that this, this is the best thing for me. Someone the other day told me, tomatoes are terrible for you. I go, are you joking? Like, what planet did you come from? We, we grew, there was many, for years, not that long ago, someone was saying, salt's really bad for you. I go, whatever. And now they're saying, okay, salt's really good for you. Like, who do you listen to? But once you believe a certain thing, do you hear what I'm saying? You get, you get a certain thought process going on in your head, and, and that's the truth. And that, yeah, okay, so here's, here's how we have access to the kingdom of God, by being willing to get a fresh thought and let go of our old way of thinking and saying, I wonder if. What, what about having a brand new thought that you and I are walking, the kingdom of God is within reach, that you and I are walking every day, every moment, and there's a spiritual dimension that's within reach of us, a supernatural world. We simply can't see it. <clears throat> the, the, the rods and cones in your eyes are, has a very limited, very small spectrum that it can see through. What if there's like an, a whole nother world a whole new world. <laughs> Somebody was thinking it. I just sang it. Whole new world. Arr, 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 arr. Okay. <clears throat> I'm just trying to say is that, is, that, is that what if there's a whole other dimension that's accessible and available and you're simply not gaining the advantage of it because you've, you're set in a framework and a mindset that's unwilling to see the very kingdom, the very, the very things that he's brought and made accessible to you and I. Uh, I, mean, I mean, the king, this, the idea of, of, of him being king and, and um, you know, me thinking his way, one of those things is not that, one of the things he says, if you're interested in finding your life, are oh, you going to have to lose your life? That's not that attractive to the average millennial. 
or senior in my case. I kind of like my life. I want to keep my life. He said, oh, yeah, you want a life? Let go of it. Oh, that's kind of intuitive. So here, here's the thing as we wrap up. <clears throat> um, anybody with half a brain would know that Jesus was a historical figure and has walked on the earth. There's more evidence that Jesus was present um, than Shakespeare. Uh, here's, here's how we're saved. You're not saved. You don't, you don't learn more to be saved. You don't grow more to be saved. You are birthed into the kingdom of God. It's by faith. It's not just by grace that you're saved. It's not just by faith that you're saved. It's by grace through faith that you're saved. Now you become part of the body of Christ. The question is, are you going to submit now to the lordship of Christ and play for his rules, win the prize, or be disqualified? That's that, the, the, this isn't heaven and hell. I'm not talking about that. Jesus, salvation is about believing into Jesus Christ. Not that he was a historical figure, but he was the son of God, that he was virgin born, that he lived a sinless life, that he died on the cross for our sins, that he rose again victorious over the grave, and that he is alive today. That's the gospel. That's the good news of salvation. He, he, he He not only broke out of prison, he freed all the other inmates, shot the warden, and burned the prison. He's the, libera- the ultimate liberator. And following him, you'll find incredible liberation. <clears throat> but we need to keep following him. That's where the kingdom of God comes in. There's three things that makes a kingdom a kingdom. The first thing, in order for there to be a kingdom, there needs to be a king, a ruler, an ultimate ruler who has the ultimate and final say in your and my life. There's a ruler. And then there's someone, there's those who are being ruled. These are citizens of the kingdom. It's good that you're part of the kingdom. But the third thing is there's a certain set of principles and codes of conduct that when you function in them, you actually enjoy a quality of life that's significantly different than any other life possible. It's called the Zoe life or the God life of God. It's a brand new dimension. So I'm thinking today about people here who want a great life. And, and maybe you've given your life to Christ a number of years ago and you wonder, is there more? The answer is absolutely. Absolutely. Day to day, moment by moment, getting to learn the King and ultimately trusting the King and then following that King to a great life. We're never, we're never too old for this. I find that this is a moment-by-moment thing. Am I going to trust the king? Am I going to trust the word? Am I going to trust this truth? Or am I going to go with my own personal <laughs> convictions and my own... Per- what are you going to do? This is, this is, a, this is a, a, the wonderful conflict that takes place in your my life. Tonight, you may be sitting here and you say, I, you know, I'm not sure if I know the king. Very easy. In, 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 in about a minute and a half, I'm going to say, who would like to know Christ as Savior? Raise your hand. We'll repeat a prayer. If that's you tonight, because today's the day of salvation. You, you, you don't come when you want to. You come when he wants you to. And if you're here tonight and you've heard the gospel, then, then you get to respond. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our website at c3ev.ca. See you next week.